0: The Going Viral podcast from HealthEd shares the latest information on COVID-19 from authoritative voices and leading experts. You can find all episodes at healthed.com.au. Or if you're a registered health professional, you can listen on the HealthEd app, as well as access many educational resources to support your professional development and practice. Hello, and welcome to HealthEd's Going Viral. I am David Lynn. It is Tuesday, the 14th of December. Professor Mary Louise McClaws talks about long COVID and how it is bigger than you
1: think. Let's do long COVID. Now, see this picture of of this uh, fairly famous surgeon? He's got a good brain, but because he's got his mask under his nose, He's allowing a perfect highway for this virus to go straight to his brain. Now the blood brain barrier isn't perfect for viruses as you well know as clinicians. And the nose uh, has less a guarded route to the brain, particularly when you're wearing a mask under your nose. And there's a suggestion uh, by um, scientists that the um, infected neurons impact brain functioning and it may even impact um, things like it may impair neurons, that circulatory system of um, thoughts and um, uh, messaging across the brain and functioning. So you hear patients talk about, I went out of the room, And then I couldn't remember what I went out of the room for. And these are young people. Um, There is, of course, uh, this uh, great explanation about potentially, and it's potentially, why uh, this is causing uh, brain um, injury. So, you know, inflammation, coagulation, um, and uh, hypoxia. Uh, So it's quite complex, and there has been a scientist that has looked at the brains of um, the deceased with COVID, but of course there hasn't been a deep um, analysis of those living with COVID and long COVID. So there's a possibility of prolonged assault on the brain through the infection of astrocytes that support your normal brain functioning and provide um, nutrients uh, for neurons in the in the brain and reduces the blood flow and potentially produces a, a large uh, immune response uh, and uh, may of course have a direct um, inflammation and infection of those neurons but all of that is supposition. They just assume that this is potentially the reason why people are getting long COVID in the brain. Now, there was a review of um, 57 studies of over 250,000 survivors, and they found that the made sequelae were not just singular, it was multiple. So, but there was uh, mental health, pulmonary um, issues, neurological disorders, And that this occurred, not just immediately, but sometimes up to six months after infection.
0: This is a public health announcement on behalf of the Immunisation Coalition. Well, hello. My name is uh, Professor Robert Boy. I'm an infectious diseases specialist and epidemiologist. And I especially like to talk about uh, vaccination and the prevention of vaccine preventable diseases. There's a very real risk that a whole bunch of viruses will be imported, but influenza is the most concerning. Suddenly, when we shut the borders in March 2020, Mm. flu went away. And we haven't had a flu season now for two years. And that is really, really important because there's no natural immunity out there uh, nearly as much as there was. And also, The influenza vaccination rate in 2021 was really quite low. People were so busy getting themselves COVID vaccinated, they didn't get their flu jam. So the combination of two really quiet flu seasons, very quiet in Australia, and a poor level of vaccination in 2021 against influenza Mm -hmm. means that there's a great many people who are much more susceptible to influenza than usual. And I would predict that we'll get at least a moderate season and probably a big flu season. 2017 and 2019 were both big influenza seasons in Australia. We've now had two quiet ones. I would predict fairly strongly that we're due for trouble in 2022, and it's probably going to start early in 2022 as well. So what we do have already is a lot of vaccines from last year against influenza in people's fridges. Now, because flu hasn't been transmitting, it also hasn't been mutating. When flu is in anyone's body, it can change its spots within a couple of days. It's an RNA virus that mutates very easily. COVID takes more like two weeks in a chain of transmission to get a meaningful mutation. Flu takes more like two days. So because flu has not been transmitting, it won't have mutated terribly much. And so the vaccine that we've had year and in our fridges still if we suddenly got a surge in december january people who are at risk especially 65 and above chronic medical conditions they may well benefit from a flu jab a booster especially if they didn't have one last year if they forgot so those flu jabs in your fridge might actually turn out to be useful in uh, december january if we suddenly get the surge that i'm worried we might have of influenza. And then we'll have new flu jams available from March. And they, of course, have been updated and uh, they would be appropriate to use from March.
1: So if you have a look at uh, this uh, table from a particular study, it showed that uh, both influenza and COVID have post-viral um, outcomes of anxiety, depression, chest and throat pain, abnormal breathing, myalgia, etc. This is not unusual for other viruses. However, when you're having a look at um, COVID, uh, long COVID, there are greater risks with COVID than with influenza. So 18% versus 10% for abnormal breathing with COVID versus the flu. Fatigue, 13% of patients with long COVID versus 7% of um, post-viral complications with flu. Pain, 12% versus 8%. And uh, cognitive symptoms, 6% versus 3%. So long COVID can, um, and all of those features, can occur anywhere between fairly immediately to uh, three to six months. So long COVID doesn't always start on day one and can take quite some time for the patient who's recovered to realise that they haven't been fully recovered. Anxiety and depression can start on the first day but can also not start until 80 days after recovery. Now this was just to show you, quite interestingly, this interconnectivity of the different features. So with long COVID, they found a hyper interconnectivity over a longer period of time. And it's probably because your patients are taking quite some time now that they've gotten over the acute phase of realising that they're not completely over um, all of the symptoms. Between one and six months, the risk increases fivefold for anxiety and depression. But that includes also chest pain, abnormal breathing, abdominal symptoms and fatigue between three and six months there's a risk, there's a two-fold risk that anxiety and depression will be linked with uh, abnormal breathing, abdominal symptoms, fatigue and pain. So in other words you're going to get multiple of, of features, not just a single feature and it can take up to six months before the patient realises they're just not springing back the way they did. And this is why it's important that your patients who haven't been vaccinated, get vaccinated.
0: This is a public health announcement on behalf of the Immunisation Coalition.
1: Pertussis vaccination is key for adults. We should all get a pertussis vaccination every 10 years. Anyone who will be in contact with an infant under 6 months old, healthcare workers, childcare workers and travellers should get vaccinated every 10 years. Pertussis can cause severe complications in people with existing conditions, such as cardiac disease, asthma, COPD, diabetes and obesity. Protect against pertussis. So the risk for long COVID for age and uh, gender, of course, males appear to be slightly more at risk for cognitive symptoms. The older the patient is, and of course, the more severe the infection was, but it's not always the case. So let's have a look at life after COVID and think about considerations. Well, we need to, of course, get to 90% across... Not just the total population, but across each of the age cohorts because we're not fully protected unless each of those age cohorts are protected, particularly the under 40s. The social um, groups and uh, local um, location equity needs to be considered because across all of the local health districts do not necessarily have that level of, um, of reach yet. Um, or we'll have the 90% at least uh, in each one of those age groups either. So the last thing we need to think about is learning from real experience overseas, not relying on models. Models can't adjust for behaviour. It's very difficult. We need to consider having uh, an independent a review of our response and where we can improve next time because with climate change there will be other pandemics and set up an Australian CDC and it's great news to hear that Victoria is starting to develop a, um, a vaccine, a messenger RNA vaccine. Fantastic. Australia needs to be um, the place to go for uh, the southern hemisphere for vaccine uh, supply and um, and get us a robust supply chain. And of course, we need to start looking at a shared vision for climate change, inequality, jobs and finance and hope all around the next pandemic and how we can improve that for the general community. Stay safe.
0: You can claim RACGP CPD points for listening to this podcast using the self-claim option. Log into your account on the RACGP website, go to the CPD section and click on self-claim.